Blog Talk Radio. stumbled across the V, number one internet sports talk station in the world, sports talk show in the world. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. I am on loan from God for the next two hours to guide you through this crazy world of sports. And today is the day. Can we get an amen? College football is back. Top 25 we'll get into. Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, I got called into work, so Matthew Embry's going to help us out with a little bit of college football coming up here, as well as IndyCar Tuck, and then uh, Steve Wilson from Speedway Digest going to be talking about some NASCAR races as we get closer and closer to Indy, and also some of the latest news from uh, Dale Jr.'s camp. Uh, will he race or will he not? Uh, we will be talking about that uh, as well with Steve Wilson. And then at the top of the next hour at 10 o'clock, Tony D from the uh, Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast joins us, and we begin our college football breakdown. The madness begins today, and we'll see what happens. Who's ranked? Who's overranked? We'll we'll just break it all down. We'll try to get to as many as the top twenty-five games as we possibly can. Also, this is the last preseason game, if you will, if you want to call it that. We'll call it pretend football today because really none of the NFL. Uh, teams are playing any of their starters per se, and we know that to be the case here at Indianapolis. Jacoby Percent also uh, going to sit out tonight against the Chicago Bears, and so we'll see what happens there. Of course, Chuck Pagano returns to Indianapolis. He's the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us as well at the bottom of the hour to help us continue to break down college football. Hey, my name is Sean Marquis, 917. 89 is our digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digits. Joining us now from WSBT in South Bend, uh, Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, and he's going to help us out with a little bit of college football as well, and uh, he'll bring us up to speed uh, regionally here on some high school football as well. But Matthew, let's real quickly, let's get into the melee of Pocono last week. It got off to a really bad start. Have to admit, I was at a baseball game and I saw I was catching a lot of stuff on Twitter, so I missed a lot of the race. And then it just went on forever. Then, of course, they had weather issues. So, uh, Pocono was not the honeymoon site that it's known for for IndyCar last week. Well, uh, first and foremost, I think the people on Twitter were just so, so wrong about Takuba Sato. He was not the only driver that was driving aggressively on that opening lap. Everybody was driving 
like, you know, crazy balls to the wall on that first lap. I mean, Scott Dixon almost came close to hitting Rossi before Sato did. So the fact that IndyCar finds Sato and Sato only for that accident, I think, was so, so wrong. I, I got to say, I'm very disappointed in what Jay Fry did there. Very, very disappointed. You know, I totally agree. There, there was a lot that happened there in that very first lap. But I, I tell you what, going back, looking at that tape, uh, we're just lucky that we're not having a different conversation uh, today. And I don't put all the blame on Sato, but I do see where he kind of was out of, out of characteristic with him. As you mentioned, everybody was uh, for that uh, for that matter. So hopefully, uh, we, I know everybody's trying to finish the season strong, but we need to – that was some uh, a pretty bad melee. And, of course, we had the, the weather and, and so forth as well. This week, Gateway St. Louis – one of the probably one of the best tracks to watch a race uh, outside of maybe Indianapolis or some of the bigger known tracks. But Gateway in St. Louis, we're getting down to the grind. Talk with us about what's going on this weekend in St. Louis. Well, obviously, a good start for the weekend uh, for Newgarden. I believe he got uh, P1 at least last night, he did. Um, but uh, good stuff uh, across the board. Uh, Opportunity, certainly, where Rossi's going to need to gain some points. Uh, Dixon still maybe with the chance, but uh, you look at the scenarios right now. Uh, of course, this is a place where a couple of years ago, Joseph Dugard won this race on the route to a championship. Uh, great qualifying run by Sebastian Bourdais to line up P2, and then uh, Power fresh off the victory. Does he have still a late run left in him? Uh, possibilities are there. And uh, you got to say, uh, I tell you what, as far as uh, Rookie of the Year, everyone was saying Rosenquist, Rosenquist, Rosenquist. But uh, I have to say, uh, Tom, if I were to be voting for Rookie of the Year right now, I'd be more likely to write down Santino Ferrucci's name than uh, Felix Rosenquist. Well, we'll, we'll see what, what happens. I, I mean, you know, you still can't I, – I know you want to dismiss Colton Herta, but I still say that, that uh, there's a, an, an opportunity to, to look at, at him as well. Under the lights with Gateway. Talk with us a little bit about as we as we go into, well, as we might as well just say it, the championship final run uh, with IndyCar. Our leaders of the pack, Joseph Newgarden, Simon Padijan. What are your thoughts? Uh, Pajdo, I think certainly has got a chance at it. Uh, this is the last place, though, where I think he could really be a factor. I still have questions whether or not he could really get it done on the road courses enough to challenge uh, Dugard or Rossi at this point. Um, and uh, we'll see what Rossi do- does uh, this weekend. He had the poor run at T- Pocono, uh, only qualified 11th here at Gateway. So uh, a lot of questions about him. Uh, but uh, you'll also look down, further down the list. I'd say you say big disappointment for Ed Carpenter, only 17th on the grid. And uh, for TK 20th, uh, I think for them, this was their last chance to make an impact. I think you could say the same thing about Marco Andretti, qualified dead last. So uh, you look at the scenarios right now, and uh, certainly guys that could have made an impact or had their last chance, I think, to re- make a real dent on the series based on being oval strong as opposed to road course strong. And uh, several guys uh, certainly didn't do that, uh, at least uh, last night. You mentioned Felix Rosenquist. It's only Saturday morning. I can't talk. Uh, Obviously, the the Swedish driver, Chip Canassi, young rookie, uh, banged up pretty good uh, out in Pocono last week. What do we know about him? 
Yeah, he's still walking around real rough. I mean, it was a wild ride. Uh, got the car up into the fence a little bit. Uh, thankfully, suffered no leg injuries there. But, yeah, he's still walking with a little bit of a lift. But, uh, yeah, thankfully, as you said, uh, the safety of the cars, and uh, that's part of the reason why they're adding that halo around the driver's head uh, so we avoid those head injuries, even though the vision could be impaired slightly because of doing that. But uh, it works in Formula 1, and I think uh, the IndyCar guys should have no problem uh, adapting to it uh, in time for the Indianapolis 500. And uh, I don't think that's going to be an issue in terms of, you know, lowering speeds or anything like that uh, as far as where we see a big drop from, like, the 230s and 227s to make the field this past year, where it's going to drop to, like, the 223, 220. I don't think we're going to have that. But uh, I think the big thing right now, uh, safety seems to be a concern right now, which is a good sign. Uh, the big question now uh, is, is the driver aggression going to be, you know, channeled down somewhat to the point where we don't have guys going kamikaze on the very first lap? Uh, that's something I think that needs to be, you know, calmed down just a little bit. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens at Gateway tonight. Connor Daly had a great practice. Uh, Connor's uh, been one of these drivers that just uh, gets in spurts. I don't know if he's quite got enough inning to – Get that full-time ride that we know for sure that he wants to have. I think a lot of teams would like to have him, but they, they, he just has not, to me, has not sold himself as, you know, let's let's uh, get him in a full-time ride. I mean, he's a good filler in her. He's a good, uh, good to have on the track, uh, but I just don't know that he's earned a full-time ride. But great practice yesterday at Gateway with Connor Daly. Yeah, it was a good practice run at 181, but then he qualifies at 179. So, yeah, he certainly dropped off from what he did in practice, uh, only qualified 18th on the grid. I mean, he's like uh, Evander Holyfield in boxing. He's capable of, you know, some great rounds, but he's also capable of some very poor performances. Unfortunately, that mixed bag just doesn't provide the confidence for these team owners uh, to give him the opportunities for a full-time ride. I mean, he's capable of those one-hit runs like he had at Indianapolis this past uh, May. But uh, beyond that, he just can't put the momentum together for a full season. I think that's the one thing that's held him back throughout his career. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, move on into college football talk here so that we got some time to cram that in here uh, before we get into some NASCAR talk. And then we'll the full second hour is going to be dedicated to college football. Uh, so we're going to get in into that. Tony D from the Tony D pod, Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast joins us to help us break down some college uh, uh, football action. Uh, before we get into today's games, let's talk about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I think they're at number nine. As we talked about earlier a couple weeks ago, we feel like maybe they're a little bit uh, overrated. Uh, as we look at Notre Dame, begins their season going in ranked number nine, I believe. Well, you heard the news. Uh, looks like no Michael Young for uh, the opener and potentially for a majority of the season. Uh, like Cole Komet, he suffered a broken collarbone in practice this past week, so that takes another uh, receiver that uh, Ian Book could call upon uh, for the opener and for the first several games. There is a possibility Cole Komet, who also suffered a broken collarbone, the tight end could be back for the Georgia game. They're still saying that's doubtful at this point. But, uh, yeah, I tell you, you're playing uh, hard stuff, getting guys ready, but you run the risk of getting guys hurt. And now that's uh, bitten Brian Kelly twice uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, First, Cole Komet, and now uh, Michael Young. So uh, there are options, obviously, on offense. So you've got uh, Jafar Armstrong in the backfield. 
and uh, Tony Jones Jr. But uh, other than maybe Brock Wright at wide re- at tight end, uh, the wide receiver position is looking a little bit uh, bare at this point. So it uh, could be very interesting to see where those wide receiver targets come from uh, for Ian Book, and that could make things a little bit tougher for the Louisville game, and that's certainly going to make it tougher uh, when they make the trip down to Athens to face Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you know, you're bringing in Louisville uh, tomorrow night, some Monday night ca- uh, college f- football action. Give that's us a quick preview. Labor Day, you being. Labor Day. I'm sorry. That's no, next week. I'm I'm rushing the month along. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for. Uh, uh, I gotta say, I'm not a fan of that 8 p.m. start time because then you have that at 11 o'clock post game show starts and then it's 2 a.m. and I got to hustle back to, you know, get a little bit of sleep but then get to the warehouse at 9 a.m. the following morning. So the timing of that's not exactly great for me, uh, mind you. <laughs> fun stuff. Fun stuff. Well, let's get into today's game tonight, seven o'clock. Big game everybody's going to be paying attention to, probably more attention to than, than they are the uh, the Bears and the Colts. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, University of Miami Canes taking on number eight Florida Gators at home. What say you down in the swamp? Yeah, they rarely meet. They battle for a trophy called the Civil War Canoe. But uh, I think the question we need to re- ask is, is Florida for real? Are they the team now that could jump into, you know, that big three con- or the big two conglomerate in the SEC, which involves Alabama and Georgia? I think this game is a game where I think if they win convincingly, I'd say there's a good place where you could put them in that group. But if they struggle to beat Miami, uh, I just don't think they have the stuff to get uh, to Alabama or to Georgia. And then you also have to concern yourself, well, are they going to be able to hold off the other teams in the SEC? Because there are several uh, understudies in there, uh, the Missouris, the Kentuckys, et cetera. And I think Rick Riggin would agree with me that uh, those teams, there's several teams in the SEC where if you stumble and stub your toe just a little bit, uh, you can certainly fall well down the list. So, this is a game I think Florida, we need to learn a lot more about Florida. And then, of course, Miami, uh, unranked coming into this year, uh, how good a team are they? I mean, are they a team that could challenge, you know, the Florida States, the Clemsons, and the ACC? That's something we don't know about either. So I think you're going to learn a lot about two teams that uh, could be outside playoff contenders. But uh, I think right now the question is uh, just how good are these teams in reality? Because I think you there's question marks about if Florida is really a top 10 team and is there questions that Miami is not as good as people think? I think Miami's a much better team than what they're being advertised, and I don't think Florida is as good a team as they're being advertised at this point based on the preseason polls. Let's uh, get into some of the games that are going on today. Uh, certainly uh, uh, Florida A&M and UCF, uh, neither one of those are ranked teams, and what are your thoughts on that game? The key of that game is just how good is Brandon Wimbush going to perform? Is he going to fall flat on his face like he did last year when Notre Dame barely beat teams like Ball State? If that's the case, uh, I'd say UCF is not going to be your mid-major contender to make a big run. Uh, that's the big question in my mind. I expect UCF to beat Florida A&M easily, but I think the performance of Brandon Wimbush, I think, is going to be the key thing. Is he going to perform well in that contest or not? Big game uh, down in Clemson, number one Clemson taking on uh, the Georgia Tech Shockers. Uh, the Yellow Jackets. Uh, Yellow, Yellow Jackets, Jackets sorry. <laughs> I'm all over the board today. 
Yeah, Georgia Tech, I think, is in a rebuilding mode. Uh, obviously, uh, Paul Johnson retired after last year, so they're going back to a pro-style offense with a triple option. So I'll be very curious to see if they have the right cogs in there to be make such a major change uh, in offensive philosophy. And it's going to be tough doing it against uh, a Clemson team. I think, obviously, that it get is loaded uh, with Trevor Lawrence and several key cogs, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think Clemson will easily win this game by at least three scores. The other game, uh, tonight, another game tonight, 8.30, Texas State against uh, in-state rival, if you will, not really a rival, but certainly in-state team, number 12, Texas A&M. Another easy game uh, set up there, and yet Texas State, a really recent uh, addition to the FBS. Uh, Texas A&M, uh, this should be a game they should have no problems considering it's at College Station, but uh, if it is close, uh, that certainly is going to bring up a few question marks uh, looking ahead of the FCC slate. And then uh, the late game tonight, the Utes, number 14, Utah, taking on BYU. I got to say, Utah being rated in the top 15 of the polls is a head-scratcher. I I have not seen things that tell me that this team is for real. I mean, to make that big of a jump uh, after, you know, a uh, average season last year, uh, I just don't see it. I think this game could be a possibility with a BYU team trying to bounce back from a couple lousy years. Uh, if BYU comes close to winning, if not winning this game, I would not be surprised. Well, it certainly would be a, a big win for, for BYU, uh, that's for sure. All right, let's uh, real quickly, let's uh, just uh, get caught up on some high school football regionally, help us play the homer card. I know you do a real good job of covering uh, high school football up there in northern Indiana. We know Carmel had a big loss uh, yesterday. Uh, what do we know? Bring us up to speed regionally here in Indiana, some high school football. Yeah, Carmel obviously lost to Louisville Trinity 41-14, but I think Carmel still is one of the favorites uh, when they get to the Metro Indoor Scholastic uh, high school season with the loaded field, even though there's a bunch of teams, Warren Central, Central Grove, that look solid. I think Carmel still is the team to beat there. And then uh, Northern Indiana, uh, I don't know what Penn's doing, but uh, they certainly are not helping themselves. Uh, I mean, I don't think Valpo has improved that much to where they beat uh, Penn 34-14 last night. Uh, I didn't get the full results on the game, uh, but uh, I got to say a very uh, – disturbing performance uh, from Penn, uh, especially a team that uh, usually is a contender for the state finals, if not state championships. So uh, certainly Corey Yeoman and the guys need to look and get the things back in gear, uh, looking ahead to an NIC schedule that uh, is loaded, especially when you got teams like Mishawaka, who even with a very poor start with three turnovers in the first half against Portage, they come back and still win 42 to seven, which says, I think that even with all the changes they made, they're still strong, especially when you got guys like Derek Dawson, Joe Willis and their defensive side of the ball. Uh, got a big test though against East Noble next week. Uh, they made a big comeback to beat Plymouth. So uh, East Noble on the road, is going to be a tough game, obviously a class four, a mainstay when we get to playoff time. And, uh, Obviously, it's tough to see the battle for the Manji line go, but uh, Elkhart Central beat Memorial uh, 40, uh, 41-21 last night. Last time, the Manji line is going to be up for grabs. Of course, those two schools are merging after the 2019-2020 school year just in Elkhart. So it will be the Blazers next year in Class 6A. 
but uh, one of the longest rivalries in uh, Indiana high school football. It's sad to see it go, but again, uh, the uh, merging of the two schools uh, leading to an end of a long-time tradition for the battle for the Manji Lions. So unfortunately, that came to an end last night. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, thanks for that. Matthew Embry, WSVT up in South Bend, joins us. Matthew, Chicago Bears come to town here in Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett sets out. Andrew Luck sets out. All the starters sets out. Maybe we can read in between the tea leaves. I'm still very optimistic to think that we will see Andrew Luck in week one. If not, they will have themselves what they call a PR nightmare, uh, a big one on their hands. And, and the fact is that, that uh, uh, Andrew Luck has not spoken to the media since July 30th. Uh, uh, Chuck Pagano makes his return to Indianapolis as the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. Obviously, this is a business trip for him. The Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts for 10 football, but what are your thoughts, sir? I think right now, if you look at the Colts, you need to see their improve their defense. Their defense looked very sluggish in the first two preseason games, and uh, I think that's the side of the ball. It's not necessarily Andrew Luck. Uh, I concerns whether or not he's going to play. I think the concern right now is they're going to be able to stop teams from scoring a some amount of points. Uh, at this point, their defense looks very sluggish, and it's a scary reminder to the way they were in the late 90s, early 2000s when they had Peyton Manning getting all the job done and their defense couldn't hold water. It's starting to look like that same scenario is starting to form right now in the luck area, and that's a concerning factor if you're a fan of the Colts. Uh, as for the Bears, uh, I think they're making strides, but I still don't think they're quite there yet. They need that one breakout player on offense, I think, to help them uh, make that big jump and be a challenger in that NFC North, and uh, they still haven't found it yet. They got the defensive cogs to do it, but offensively they still need some work. Well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, uh, I, I, I say it's pretend football. I know there's a lot of people still uh, competing for a job on, on the roster, and they're getting on tape. So for the players uh, that are on the field, it means a lot more. Than, but it's a fun environment. I'll be at that game. I'm going to go to the Bullseye Event Group VIP tailgate party as well. That's going to be a blast. So it's going to be fun to go down and hang out and, and uh, just get the feel of football season as we get uh, things rolling real quickly up there in your neck of the woods. Uh, I know a team that Notre Dame covers very well, <laughs> and that's the uh, uh, Michigan Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. What are we looking at with them going into 2019-2020 season? Same question as always with them. Can they avoid winning the games they should win easily? avoid losing the games they should easily win. Um, I think uh, you look at right now, and Ohio State is clear for the taking right now. Can just Michigan step up and get the job done against them? Can they get the job done against Michigan State, against Notre Dame? Uh, those are still major question marks in my mind right now, is can those teams be beaten by Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines? And my answer on that is not a definitive yes yet. So, they are still a team that's got a lot to prove uh, to me, and I think a lot of the experts, uh, they want to be considered a team that can make the playoffs. What about Michigan State Spartans? I think they are not getting the respect they should be getting. I think Mark D'Antonio does a great job with this team, and I just don't think they're getting the respect uh, that they deserve at this point. I think they will surprise a lot of people. They are not a mid-pack team, as many people think they are in the Big Ten. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I accidentally had my mic muted there. 
I'm good. I'm good for that at least once once a week. That, that's for sure. All right, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in, in South Bend. You know, we had uh, talk a little bit about some NASCAR news, and uh, we're going to be getting into that with Steve Wilson here in just a minute in more detail uh, there in Road America this weekend. But news came out of the Dale Jr. camp. Uh, one, it looked like the landing gear malfunctioned that caused that tragic, uh, dangerous uh, uh, plane crash that, well, let's face it, I mean – he came very close to we came very close to losing one of the greatest race car drivers of all time, his wife, daughter, dog, and two pilots. So thank God that did not happen. He issued a statement here over the last few days that he does plan to race in Darlington. Uh, what are your thoughts? He should. I, I, I still think he's in the wrong idea. And for a place where Darlington, where you have to have your head on straight, remember what happened a few years ago with uh, Dale Erdhart uh, fell asleep at the wheel and nearly caused a catastrophe at the start of that event back, I believe, in 98 or 99, the Southern 500. Uh, coming off of that just recently, I think that's not a good idea. I think Dale Jr. should really second guess and uh, really think about pulling out and maybe putting someone else in that car uh, for his own uh, safety and all well-being because Darlington, that is a track where you have to keep your full focus uh, for the entire distance of that race. You just cannot take a lapse. Otherwise, you're in the fence and you're out of luck. Well, and but then on the other side of it, maybe it's just exactly what he needs. You know, uh, he's a race car driver. That's what he needs. That's his element. That's his space. That might be very uh, therapeutical uh, for him and his family, for that matter, because that's really what they know. And his young daughter, that's all she knows is the racetrack. So there might be some good positive things there with that. But I do agree with you, Matthew, that that is a, a track that requires a, a lot of a attention, if you will. Matthew, any final thoughts, words of wisdom, anything you would like to uh, bestow upon us? I tell you, the I will say uh, very uh, troubled by the laziness of some of the restaurants. I mean, they're actually putting a waiting list at IHOP when there's only 20% capacity and there's still plenty of tables available and they're putting me on a waiting, trying to put me on a waiting list for a single table. Uh, don't understand that. Well, I tell you what, I hop. What's next? Waffle House? <laughs> hey, Last maybe night, maybe... true story. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matthew Embry, uh, where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y. And don't forget, for those of you in northern Indiana, we have both the Bears and the Colts. On WSBT 96.1, Colts coverage starts at 6 p.m. And on our sister station, Z94.3, Bears coverage of the game starts at 6.45. So tune in, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, in a very interesting matchup. Unfortunately, they don't play in the regular season, but uh, certainly a matchup I think that's increasing rivalry, especially when you're almost uh, equal distance between the two cities, especially where we are in South Bend. Absolutely, and I will be there tonight indulging in some adult beverages at the tailgate party and we'll be rooting on the Indianapolis coach and their practice squad. Matthew, have yourself a good weekend, sir. And in addition to that, before I go, remember Little League World Series International and U.S. Championship games are today. If I had to make a pick, I think Japan is going to win another title, uh, bringing it back to the land of the rising sun. But uh, if there's a team that from the U.S. that could beat them, I think Hawaii is the best bet. 
I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. Matthew, have yourself a good weekend. We'll catch up with you soon, buddy. Hey, time, time. Matthew Inbury, WSBT up in South Bend, uh, bringing us to, uh, some IndyCar action as we were down in Gateway, talking about the uh, melee of Pocono last week and uh, bringing us uh, some college football uh, uh, updates as we began college football weekend today, Miami and Florida in the swamp. Well, we'll be right back right here on the Bounce Radio Network. We're going to jump into some NASCAR talk with uh, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest. We're going to be talking about the return or the not return of Jeff uh, uh, Jeff Gordon, yeah, Dale Jr., 917-889-8516. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Uh-oh. I cannot preach. Uh-oh. I got to show them how I can get it in. First, take your sip, sip. do your dip, dip. Spend your money like money ain't shit. Ooh, ooh. Be too fresh. Got to blame it on Jesus. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Welcome back to Balance. My name is Tom Marcusell, President J, 917-889-8516. Digits. Thank you, Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend. Uh, wearing a couple of hats for us today, breaking down uh, some IndyCar action, uh, the action out of Pocono, and the action coming up in Gateway tonight in St. Louis, and uh, also some college football talk. Joining us now, 
Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest. Happy Saturday to you, sir. How is you? Doing not bad, not bad at all. Good to hear, good to hear. Hey, so uh, let's get into this conversation, and we, we kind of touched on it a little bit in the last segment uh, there. Dale Jr. releasing a statement. Uh, first of all, let's, let's uh, talk about the, the cause of the accident. They believe it was a landing gear malfunction, and uh, I tell you what, what a tragic scene that was. And, and I was going back and listening to just some of the 911 calls, just uh, people talking about how they were climbing out of the the plane and, and so forth. So just a scary, scary thing. And so glad we're not having a different discussion today about Dale Jr. and his family, dog and daughter, wife, and two pilots. But uh, talk to us a little bit about that. And then also, uh, Dale Jr. released a statement uh, yesterday or the day before saying that uh, he thinks he's going to race in Darlington. So uh, let's uh, get a recap and an overview on that before we get into some high-level NASCAR talk because, hey, you're kind of taking the weekend off. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so just a couple, uh, just a little over a week or so ago, uh, the, there was an incident out there in Lisbon, Tennessee, where the the plane carried Dale Jr., his wife, and his uh, daughter, along with their dog and two pilots, uh, crashed and uh, uh, did eventually burn in the off the runway and um you know the ntsb did come out yesterday with their preliminary investigation where they have uh at least made a uh a, an initial judgment on to this but i know that it's still going to take a couple of months or you know even as long as a year for them to uh dismantle this this uh aircraft and uh in georgia where it's been moved to and then uh, release their final investigation as to what happened into this. But, you know, initially they are saying right now that there was a landing gear failure that caused the plane carrying them to skid down the runway and eventually catch on fire. Uh, you're right. There's um, there are some videos out there. There's a lot of audio out there, um, eyewitness accounts of uh, watching people uh, or talking about people and seeing people run down the down the uh, down the runway, down the access road um, from the from the public road, and um, just going out there and helping them get out of the plane while it was engulfed in fire, and it did not take long after they were out of the aircraft before it was fully engulfed in the plane. So, um, so the, so at least right now that's what we know. At least uh, preliminaries and landing gear uh, landing gear failure that caused um, the 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 incident there uh, just a little over a week ago. As far as Dale Jr., um, this uh, next week at Darlington Raceway for the Southern 500 weekend, uh, he is going to come back and uh, going to be a part of the Xfinity Series. He raced one race last year for. Uh, for his team and Gerald Mar Sports uh, at, at Richmond, and this year he decided that he was going to do it at uh, Darlington Raceway uh, during the Labor Day Throwback Weekend. As initially, he has put out a statement. He said there is some swelling, there is some bruising in his back. He's hoping that'll be all gone and he'll be able to race by next weekend at Darlington Raceway. But he is still planning on at this time uh, to get in the car and race the Xfinity Series and Sport Clubs 200 uh, at Darlington Raceway next Saturday, a week from today. Talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor. You know, I was talking a little bit with Matthew Embry uh, in the last se segment about this, and 
he, he kind of is under the, the thought that maybe it's not the right time for him to get back into the race car because Darlington itself is a, a track that requires such concentration, uh, such ability, such talent, and reminded us of, you know, several years back in the 90s uh, when his father fell asleep at the beginning of that race and uh, almost caused a major catastrophe at that point. What are your thoughts about that line of thinking? Um, I've I've had the pleasure of going around Darlington Raceway on multiple occasions. Uh, Mark Martin took me around there one time. Um, I've had some others that have taken me around there uh, at nearly full speed. So I, I can tell you that track is an, is incredibly fast. The way that you have to run up along those walls, there is a lot of bumping. That that track does disintegrate tires into it, which uh, you slip and slide around and knock yourself up into the wall real quickly out there, uh, especially down in uh, the egg the egg turn uh, where it uh, kind of you know narrows up very quickly down there in three and four. Um, you know, for him to get in the car, um, you know, uh, he's a race car driver. Uh, we saw when he was having problems uh, just a couple of years ago before he eventually got out of the car. He had to stay out of the car for over a half a season and then came back for his final season out there. Uh, I, you know, uh, we, we've we talked about drivers in the past, such as uh, uh, Ricky Rudd. He had an accident down in Daytona. He taped his eyes open in the 1980s, and they came back the next week uh, with bruised eyes taped open at Richmond Raceway the very next weekend. So, um, you know, these, these drivers are, are a different breed of kind of person that they've, uh, they take their licks and, you know, they still get in a race car because I think, you know, we've seen, we, we have seen in the past, uh, like Bobby Ozick, he, he's a perfect example where, you know, uh, there, there's a famous, there's a, there's a famous thing in the, in, in the, um, movie uh days of thunder where you know he he says that he's hearing voices and if he gets back in the car he's gonna get he's gonna get killed um you know that and, and that's a true story because bobby ozick did at, at Asheville weaver speedway back um many years ago have these voices that were in his head that says if you get back in this race car you're going to die well he did many years later and that's exactly what happened he got in a race car at hickory motor speedway had a massive heart attack to him to the hospital and he died so um you know the, these you know drivers are a different breed of per, per, person that get in there go out there and race for, you know, two, three, 500 miles, whatever it is on any given weekend. And I think sometimes that we've also seen drivers that have just lost their nerve. Um, they think that they can still get in these race cars, but, you know, Dale Jr. is one of these drivers that has taken a lot of licks in his lifetime in these cars. Uh, you know, he's had concussions at Michigan and other places that have occurred. And that's what eventually put him out of the race car on a permanent full-time basis. But he seems to, you know, have the nerve to still get back into it. So uh, I, I don't doubt his ability at, at any means, and I think that he is being careful in the fact of what he has gone through with his concussions. Uh, what if he he's re, he realizes what that that they had put him out of the race car on a full time basis. And when I saw him came, and when I saw him come back last year at Richmond Raceway, and he had been out of the car for more than have uh, more than uh, a year or so um you know he you know he he got in a race car and he was out there battling in the top 3 top 5 all day long 
at, at Richmond Raceway. So uh, he's not lost it by any means, and I think he he's very well aware as to you know what can happen in these race cars, and I think that. Um, you know, him going in Darlington next weekend, he is taking all the care. I think it, that's exactly why he sat out that weekend at, at Bristol last weekend for the night race so that he could go home. So we could see the doctors probably he's consulted with his physicians, um, in, in Philadelphia, um, that have worked on his concussions, uh, in the past. And they've all working to an agreement as the fact that, you know, that's why he came out with the statement says he's going to get in the car. He's just a little bit worried about the swelling and bruising in his back. And I think they'll watch this over the next week and see how it develops. And then obviously NASCAR's medical team, they, they've, they've at some point cleared him to get in the car and whether they're, you know, they're probably still in the conversation at this point. Well, they'll they'll also look at this again and uh, before we get to Darlington next week and see if if this is still a concern. And then they'll have the conversation with uh, you know his doctors and his doctors will have the conversation with him and others and they'll come to a judgment call before next weekend. But as it sounds like right now, he's going to get in the car and he's going to raise Darlington and. Um, you know, I, honestly, I don't think there's any better place that he could come back and race at Darlington because it was the track that, uh, you know, he, he did finally just come out and, and say, look, these are all the problems that I have. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if it's kind of like, a, you know, a, a weird sentiment in the fact that this is, you know, a couple of years ago where he did have to come and sit to the media and say, hey, look, I have all these problems with concussions. I'm having the vertigo. I'm having these problems and it's eventually going to put me out of a race car full time. He he has this incident in Elizabethton, Tennessee, just a week ago, and then he comes back and actually races there this weekend. So, or next weekend, sorry. And um, I, I honestly, I just I I think there's no better place. But you know, again, the conversation is going to be had with him, his doctors, NASCAR's medical team, and everybody around him. But at least in the interim term, and we've got a week to go. Um, he's going to be in the race car next Saturday for the Sports Club 200. Steve, Steve, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. We had a little bit of a, a surge there, and I, and I lost the, everything in my ears, so I do apologize. I, I missed the last part of what you're saying, but uh, it, it does sound like that Dale Jr. is going to be getting uh, uh, back into the, the car. So I do apologize about that. Something just went boom, and I couldn't hear anything. So I finally I just had to just unplug and plug back in. You know how it goes, man. You know how it goes. Live radio. Live action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, right. let's, talk, let's talk about this breaking news that we're talk, that we're seeing come out of the truck series. NASCAR uh, Gander Outdoor Truck Series tri- driver Tyler Dipple has been indefinitely suspended ahead of this weekend's race at the Canadian Tire Motorsport. Uh, confirmed that the, the, the driver of the number 22 Young Motorsport Chevrolet has been suspended for actions detrimental to the sport and code of conduct. What do we know about that? Well, there, there's some, um, there's an incident apparently that occurred, which resulted in uh, Tyler Dipple being found with Adderall in his car. Um, it sounds like that he wasn't uh, prescribed this, or it wasn't in a bottle, or whatever the case is. Um, I don't have the full details on it, down to the nitty gritty, but um, he was um, caught essentially with a controlled substance of Adderall in the vehicle that he was 
and I believe it was in New York at the time um, of him being caught with this. And NASCAR has a pretty stringent policy of uh, regarding this, and we've seen their policy in the past. Um, <clears throat> I mean, even look at what they've done to um, the former CEO uh, and, and France family member, Brian France, when he was caught in New York. Um, coincidentally, also, I'm, I'm, they're nowhere related, but I'm just saying you know, this both take place in the state of New York. Um, even even NASCAR and their team uh, of board members and his sister and his uh, uncle and everybody got together and said, okay, look, you, you, for the betterment of this board, I think you need to step away. And eventually he stepped away permanently. Um, so, you know, they, they're not shy about the fact of who they set to the side. And it doesn't seem to be a matter whether it's just a driver or a pit crew member or the CEO of, of the sport itself. If there's an issue, they take action on it. And this drug-related policy that, you know, include conduct that these drivers and everybody in the sport is, um, you know, signs off on when they get their card uh, every year to either compete or participate into the sport. Uh, NASCAR is pretty uh, stringent about the fact of you holding to it. So for Tyler Dibble, um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of road to recovery program. There's going to be some kind of action that will have to be taken for him to be reinstated back into the sport. We just had just a, a just a couple of weeks ago, Dylan Lofton, I'm not sorry, not Dylan Lofton, but, a, but another driver at, um, at Bristol Motor Speedway that um, did fail their uh, drug test. They were removed from the track and um, they are in definitely and it also at the same time. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a it's a tough situation, but I think it's a necessary situation that NASCAR has kind of, in some respects, they've led the way into this where they just really they're they're just not going to take we we what we've seen in the NFL, for example. We've seen it. We've seen players in the NFL commit all kinds of crimes and actions. Um, you know, drug-related offenses, et cetera, whatever the case is. And a lot of times they slap on the wrist and a couple thousand dollars fine, one or three, couple, you know, events they have to set out of. They're still getting paid, whatever the case is, um, due to the collective bargaining agreements and things like that. But, you know, in NASCAR, they, they sit you down and they sit you to the side and say, okay, you're not going to participate in the sport at all, and we don't really care who you are, but, you know, if you want to come back, then, you know, here's what you have to do to get it done. And, you know, these are some of the ways that I wish, honestly, some of the other sports would just stick in ball sports and not just not trying to single out the NFL at all because we see it in baseball, we see it in so many other sports. But it just seems to be the same repetition over and over and over again in these uh, stick and ball sports where um, these players and people participating in the sport um, on all levels are, you know, basically slapped on the wrist. But NASCAR really has this program that I think could be modeled into some of the stick and ball sports. But as far as uh, Tyler Dupple is concerned, yeah, he's going to sit out for a while and NASCAR will sit down with him at some point and say, this is, if you want to come back, that's what you're going to have to do. So this is just being reported by another one of our friends of the show, partners of the show, uh, that Tyler, uh, that Tyson Lautenschlager uh, is with onpitroad.com. DJ Kennington uh, is going to be got the nod to step into the number two car of Young Motorsports. So uh, DJ Kennington, what do we know about him? He's going to be the replacement driver uh, for the number two truck. I said car, I meant truck. 
Well, well DJ Cannington, she's a longtime road horse racer, uh, both in, in the sport of NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. He's raced in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series for uh, on and off for a couple of years part-time, uh, and he's currently competing up in uh, Canada in the uh, Pitney Series, which is uh, basically a, it's a type of regional series that they have up there that's similar to the K&N Series here in the States. Uh, so um, I, I think he's a good fit. <laughs> he's from Canada himself. I think what better place for him to go out there in Canada and uh, in his own own home up there, and so to speak, and uh, go out and put on a show for the crowd. And he's been doing fairly decently up there in the Pitney Series. And uh, I think maybe this uh, is, a, is an opportunity sometimes uh, with young motorsports that he's been in uh cars in the past have not necessarily been the ones that are front runners and young motorsports sports has an opportunity to go out there and put somebody in a, in a truck and maybe showcase some of their talent maybe at least to bigger and better things in the future well absolutely and we'll and we'll be following that story another uh story coming out this week joe chipwood the third has resigned his position as exec- executive vp and chief operating officer of isc and that's going to be effective november 30th 2019 what do we know about that well, as a lot of people know, NASCAR is in the process of taking ISC private. There's two distinctly different companies on paper, but they use the same management from the top. Basically, the, the board of NASCAR uh, is, is is essentially make, making up the board of ISC, which runs the tracks, and NASCAR is bringing them in uh, in-house uh, and taking them private. As part of this transition is is that um, NASCAR is looking at consolidating positions that are that are being taken care of both in NASCAR currently and on its sister ISC company. So you know J- J- Joey Chetwood at one point he was the uh, president of Daytona International Speedway. He's moved over and he's moved up into ISC um, <clears throat> uh, management into his current position, but. It sounds like right now that they're trying to close this deal out before the end of the year, and maybe Joey's position, and I'm just speculating here, is that his position was going to be um, absolved in, or in, into another position that NASCAR already currently has, and uh, he, he's taking the time that it's time to go and maybe look for new things is what he said in, in the press release there. Um, but, it, it, you know, a, a NASCAR isn't the only one doing this, and ISC isn't the only one doing this. The uh, the other largest track promoter in the, the U.S., SMI Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, owned by Brenton Smith, Marcus Smith, and uh, everybody in Charlotte, is also doing the same thing with the, with their company. But, you know, they, they have the, the different distinct opportunity where – ISC run, I'm sorry, SMI runs SMI, and they don't have anybody, uh, you know, running two distinct companies for them. Um, but it, I would suspect on the ISC side that as NASCAR continues to look at some of these positions that are already being taken care of by NASCAR in-house, um, that we may see some more exits from the company. We may see some more transitions within the company. Uh, and, and this is a process that's been going on for quite some time. 
Uh, SMI is almost at the edge of taking theirs, I think, later on this year. I believe it's like October or something like that, that the deadline has been set. Uh, I don't know what ISCs have been set, but it sounds like that it may be in the November, December timeframe if he's going to exit the company at that point because it'll be right before their next quarter starts. Steve Wilson, Speedway Digest, taking the weekend off from uh, doing race coverage, and we appreciate you uh, jumping on and talking with us a little bit about some of the stories going on in NASCAR. But real quickly, just give us a quick high-level, 365-feet-high look at what's going on this weekend in NASCAR Xfinity, and we talked a little bit about the trucks. Go ahead. (laughs) So uh, Xfinity Series is going to be out of Road America this weekend. already got some troubles out there uh, in practice yesterday. Um, no, Lord, uh, a couple drivers are going to be going to the rear because of, uh, uh, retro race cars there. And, uh, that, that will take place later on this afternoon, uh, around two thirty, three o'clock time frame from Road America racing out there with the SeaTac 180 for them. Um, Gander Outdoors Truck Series, they're going to race tomorrow from a Canadian Tire Motorsports Park for them for the Silverado 250. And um, you get a little precursor to IndyCar racing with uh, the Can N Series being out at Gateway Motorsports Park racing out there uh, as a support series to um, the big time IndyCar races. So a little bit of uh, NASCAR and IndyCar on the same weekend. It's the last uh, preseason game in the N- uh, NFL. really doesn't mean anything. The Bears come to town today here in Indianapolis to pay, pay the Colts. I'll be down there at the uh, VIP tailgate party drinking my butt off. Just saying. Just Since we're being honest, <laughs> we're not going to be watching any starters. So we, we say it's a uh, pretend uh, football, if you will. I know it means something to the players on the field still trying to get a roster shot. But uh, we see Jacoby Brissett is set. And what are you thinking about your Washington Redskins this year? <laughs> well, mm. I can say Coach Gruden better get his stuff together because I think at the point I've seen a couple of reports here locally that he can't get his stuff together. He's going to be sitting on the sidelines his own self. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens, and we'll we'll be uh, following the. Uh, the Redskins, uh, as as uh, as well as other NFL teams, as we get ready uh, for the 2019 NFL season. Steve uh, Wilson, Speedway Digest. Thank you for joining us. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. We got you. Appreciate it, Steve. Have yourself a good weekend off. Thank you, Eugene. Take care. <laughs> Steve Wilson, uh, not covering any races this weekend, Dan, but he was kind enough to jump on and talk some uh, NASCAR with us and, and bring us up to speed on some of the stories that are going on. 917-8985-16 is our digits. We'll be right back. Tony Donahue's going to join us. going to start breaking down this college football action and a little bit of uh, NFL preseason talk and still to come. Mo from the BS Sports Show. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. One hour in the can. Thank you, uh, Matthew Embry, WSBT in South Bend, wearing a couple hats for us today. Uh, normally, we at this point, we'd be joined by Rick Riggin, 
our official college football contributor, but he got called into work. We are standing by trying to effort to get uh, Tony Donahue on from the Tony D podcast. We'll get him on here just as soon as uh, we can get him on here and we'll start college football talk with him. Um, but thank you to Matthew uh, for talking some IndyCar with us, getting us up to speed with IndyCar and what's going on in the world of IndyCar. Only a few more races left before we know this year's champion. Who will it be? Simon Pajon, Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, who will be the rookie of the year. All of those questions will be answered here in the next few short coming weeks. Of course, IndyCar down in St. Louis, my second favorite city. Great track. Be under the lights tonight. Uh, probably a lot more exciting than the Colts-Bears game, but it's going to be fun to go down there to that. Uh, the Colts and the Bears preseason, last and final preseason game. And as we know, Jacoby Brissett setting and Andrew Luck is setting. So there's the pessimistic people out there to say, oh, Luck is gone. Luck is out. Here we go again. You know, I, I tweeted out this and, and put on social media earlier this week. If you are a fan based solely, and I don't got pick the team, insert team here. Every team has its struggles from time to time with their quarterbacks, with their star players. Every team. Let's talk about uh, Kevin Durant in the championship series of the NBA. It happens. I am not ready to jump on the struggle bus and say, Andrew Luck is out. Never coming back. Here we go again. Oh, the atrocity, the horror. <laughs> Relax, Pete. Relax. Even if he's out game one, that does not mean anything. We want everything to be like, I don't know, puppy dogs and butterflies all the time. Oh, they're setting Jacoby Brissett. That, that's, that, that means it. That's what's going to happen. But I do agree. I totally do agree. If uh, Andrew Luck does not start uh, week one, yeah, Jim Irsay, Ballard, Frank Wright, they've got a going to have a PR nightmare. I put some of this on Luck. I mean, he, he hasn't talked to the media since July 30th. So, I mean, he he lets media come out here and spin the stories rather than just saying, hey. And you know what? I'd be okay with it. They just say, hey, you know, uh, it's not looking good. So from the, cult, from, from the fan aspect, you know, from the aspect that, hey, you know, we want to know what's going on, I get that. And I don't think any team really wants to totally divulge everything. That's just normal. That's just normal course of, of business. And, you know, and Jim Irsay got on uh, uh, satellite radio, a serious, uh, I can't remember which satellite radio show it was, um, but basically said, you know, we got us a bone injury. Well, that set off fireworks across the Colt Nation. 917-889-8516. Want to talk some NFL? Want to talk some college football? Give us a call. We are we are trying to effort 
to get to um, Tony Donahue. Um, so hopefully we can we can get to him soon. But uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show it joins us as well. So, you know, across the NFL, and I mean, I think we're getting to the point where we have too many um, preseason games. We, we don't we say this every year at this same time? Too many preseason games. You know, as a season ticket holder, though, I would I would understand. I mean, because you have to pay the same for your ticket for a preseason game as you do for a regular season game. So, you know, from that aspect of it, I, I get it. You want to you want to see the people that you're paying to see play. And if you're, you know, it used to be week three would be kind of the time when teams would, at least for the first half, get all the starters out, knock the rust off the boots, get knocked around a little bit, see where they're at, see what they're working with, uh, get some stuff on tape uh, from both teams. Uh, just not the case anymore. And a lot of that is just because of the, the threat to injury. You don't want – and that's, that's exactly what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck. You don't want to have your, your quarterbacks hurt. That is big. So right now we've got some compiling, compound, compounding, extended injuries that maybe one led to another that led to another. The good thing is we're not seeing Andrew Luck needing any surgery at the moment. It's nothing, at least nothing's been talked about that. I know conspiracy uh, theory people like, oh well, we didn't know anything about the shoulder surgery. I think it's a little bit different. So let's not push the panic buttons just yet. But I do agree that, that maybe we get to a point where we we have a, an extra game, a, an extra uh, regular season game. Do we need – if I mean, do you, I get it. As I've said earlier, I get that they, uh, there's still players trying to get a job. There's still players trying to get on tape for practice squads. There's still players that are trying – to get things solidified. So from that aspect, I get it, but Hey, let's, let's give the fans a break, you know, half price. If the face value is $60, get in for 30. If it's 20, you get in for 10 certain levels. You get in for free, you know, on a preseason game, season ticket holders, not charged for preseason games. Only charged for regular season games. Just so there's a lot of things that could be done across the NFL to maybe, or maybe we're just so anxious to get started with the regular season. We started with our fantasy football. I had all my fantasy football drafts. We did complete our fantasy football draft last weekend here at the Balance. We have 14 teams, and then we have our keeper team league here on the Balance. Uh, so we have two leagues with the balance. So if you're on the keeper league, you got to keep two people. If you on the other one, it, they're all fresh drafts. So we had a good time with the draft. And then I had another one last Saturday. And then I've got another one this Wednesday. So I'm loaded up on the fantasy football. I'm ready to go. Locked and loaded. 
Let's go. So from that aspect, I'm all about, I am all about getting the season started. And so maybe that's why we don't like preseason. Let's just get the damn football out there. Let's go. Let's play some football. College football started already. Started today. Tonight. University of Miami. Gaines. Taking on the Florida Gators down in the swamp. Big game. Watch it on ESPN. But, yeah, I get it. Let's talk a little bit about what in the world am, am I – Am I the only one that I – mean, I know I'm not because I've, I've watched social media, and I understand that, yeah, we gauge our world way too much on social media. But I don't get the relationship between Jay-Z – maybe we can get Mo's opinion on this in a, in a few minutes uh, – Jay-Z and the relationship with the NFL. Well, we're going to give them a platform, and we're going to help out with – the, the uh, uh, Super Bowl entertainment. We're going to give players a platform so that they don't have to draw distractions and kneel on the field. You know, here's the thing, guys. It had pretty much died down. You've got, okay, you've got basically what? And uh, I'm, I'm using numbers I, I don't off the top of my head, but roughly an 80-man roster, 60-man, 80-man roster on 32 teams. Roughly. You may have three or four. Now it's probably down to just one or two people that kneel. Did it draw attention to uh, police brutality? Wasn't that what this was all about? Wasn't that what all this started at? (laughs) Did it really draw attention to that? Did it make it stop? So Jay-Z is going to give them a platform. Why? They've already got a platform that they're abusing. I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody's got a better answer for this than I do. I'm still trying to understand the relationship between Jay-Z and the NFL. What is going on there? You're going to help with Super Bowl entertainment? I'll give him that. Okay, well, we know he, he, he's an entertainer. So, you know, he, he, I'll give him that. He might be able to put on a pretty good Super Bowl halftime. Maybe. Is he going to bring back MC Hammer or something? I know. I should make jokes. Well, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a good he, – he's, 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 he's a good marketer. He's got his brand. Uh, I can't remember his slogan. I'm not a businessman. I'm in business, man. That's his slogan. And he is, and he's been able to build that brand. So I'm just trying to figure out what's the purpose of it? What's it doing? Why is it there? Inquiring minds want to know. Inquiring minds want to know, so we'll we'll, we'll see what's uh, what goes on in in that. We are still efforting to get a hold of Tony Donahue, so we'll see we'll see what happens there. Baker Mayfield is he the hype? Is he the real deal? 
you saw him here in Indianapolis. I don't think he played. Um, I was at a fantasy football draft, so I didn't go, but I don't think he played. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, and next week we'll have on uh, Superfan Adam to talk about the Browns. But do we believe the hype? Do we buy into the hype of Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckman? Maybe. I think he's trying to be the rock star quarterback. We saw what, what that did for some other Browns quarterbacks, right? So we'll see. The rumor has it, Zeke Elliott, Dallas Cowboys, uh, to complete agreement with the Cowboys over the weekend. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Cam Newton has foot sprain, but should be ready for week one. Panthers, Cam Newton, top quarterback. I don't know if I, I get him in a, a tier one quarterback. Of course, if you were asked my son and granddaughter, they, they, they tell you something different. Big Panther fans there. The Titans, Taylor Newen, officially suspended for games for PEDs. We talked about this earlier with um, uh, Steve Wilson, suspended uh, Gander uh, truck series driver, found fentanyl in his car. Come on, people. What is, how many times do we have to, to go down this list of suspensions of people? I, I don't know. And he made, he made a valid point. It goes on very heavily in other, in other sports. So we, we will see. Dwight Howard, here's some big news for you NBA people. <laughs> the Lakers are such a joke. Oh, comic relief, right? NBA. Dwight Howard reportedly reports returning to the Lakers. I'm sorry, returning to the Lakers. <laughs> Man, that's just a dumpster fire that just won't. It's just a gift that keeps giving, isn't it? Those LA Lakers and LeBron James. We will see what happens. We will see what happens. 917-889-8516. Max, Max Schrutzer admits that he still has concerns about a back injury. Obviously, MLB player there as well. Bryce Harper placed, uh, placed on maternity leave to be with his wife as they give birth to their son. What are his thoughts about it? You know, that's okay. I'll give him that. You need to be with your family when, when you're bringing youngins in the world. You were there when they were Why not be there when they come out, right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just full of jokes today, aren't I? So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Also in the NBA, Kings close sexual assault investigation on Luke Walton. Remember that that uh, was what was going on just a few months ago. So we'll, we will see what happens there. I'll go back to the Browns for a second. I mean, everybody's ready to give them the Vince Lombardi trophy. Let's pump the brakes just a little bit, people. 
let's at least let's at least let the season go go forth. <laughs> it cracks me up because here's what's going to happen. Maybe 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 it's maybe it's great. We, I do wish Adam was on with us, but he'll be on with us next week. Uh, and I, I I guess they're here to make a statement. They did beat the Colts. They didn't smash them in the mouth uh, like they did the Redskins. I believe it was the Redskins. But, yeah, they did beat the Colts. Preseason. They're undefeated. <laughs> Colts probably going to get beat by the Bears tonight. Even Even if we weren't having this conversation about Andrew Luck, even if we weren't having that conversation, we wouldn't be doing well in the preseason. We very rarely do well in the preseason. And a lot of te- times, uh, teams just do the vanilla routes, the vanilla, so they don't really go deep into their playbook in the preseason. Obvious reasons for that is they don't want to be put on tape. So I don't know what happened to um, uh, Tony Donahue. We will try to get him back on, and maybe we can still get him on uh, yet during the show. So I apologize about that. But we will try to uh, get him on again in the future. 917-889-8516 is our digits. It is our college football kickoff. I was wanting to kind of use this segment today uh, to talk college football. But we got plenty of time to do that. Rick Riggin will be back next week. Knock on wood. Uh, he got called into work. He did have a plan to to do that. Of course, he's also got a thing with his new jet ski. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yes, you have to want to talk some college football. If you want to talk NBA, MLB, give us a call. 917-889-8516. This is the one place where fanatics can come together and talk about their favorite teams. Make sure you're following us on social media at T-Balance. And also follow us on Facebook, The Balance. We talked a little bit today about Dale Jr. You know, he's obviously survived that horrific crash. And um, his daughter, his wife, dog and then of course two pilots in um down in elizabethtown which is in tennessee which is down by by bristol the preliminary results from the national transportation board the nstb uh says that um the landing gear broke and that's what caused it certainly uh, I've listened to the 911 tapes. Just amazing that these that Dale Jr. survived this crash. So glad that he did. That we're not having a different conversation today. Issued a statement this week. Said that uh, he plans to race the Xfinity and NASCAR race in in Darlington. Of course, officially, Dale Jr. is retired and he works for NBC as an NBC a- analyst. But it's been uncommon. Uh, he's done he's done it here in, in Indianapolis. Jeff Gordon's done it here in Indianapolis. It's not uncommon for drivers to that are retired to race in well known races, in popular races, uh, and of course, Darlington is one of those 
most popular races and you heard uh, Steve Wilson talk about that. But the question proposed by Steve Wilson, I mean, I'm sorry, by Matthew Embry, WSVT, our official IndyCar contributor. The question proposed was, is he ready? Because this track is one that requires concentration, that requires talent, requires speed. Mental preparedness for this race is huge, and any driver will tell you that's ever race done in Durham will tell you that. So Matthew makes a valid point, but I also look at it from the side of the coin that says he's a race car driver. This is what he does. This would be – could be very thera- therapeutical for him and his wife and daughter. I mean it's all his, his daughter, and, and you know, since his wife's been with him, that's all she knows. But certainly all his, their daughter knows. So maybe there is a – maybe it's good to get back in the race car and be in your element. Because I'll tell you what, you gotta imagine and just being, you know, being a father and being a husband and almost losing everything. That just uh that that'll set you back a little bit. That'll really mess with you emotionally. So maybe what you do need to do is get back in it. Get back in the saddle, as they say. Pick yourself up from the bootstraps. Insert adjective here. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, one of the greatest uh, race car drivers of all time. Of course, uh, his his father, Dale Senior, the in, uh, the Intimidator, the number three. Well, I think we all can agree that we've gotten past. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, he's Dale Jr. He's pedigreed. There's a lot of pedigreed Andretti's. I mean, there's a lot of pedigreed racers. There's a lot of pedigreed uh, players in all teams. LeBron James' son's coming up through the ranks. So there's a lot of kids that get opportunities because of who their parents are. Nothing wrong with that. So to give the argument that a lot of people at Dale Jr. is, oh, he's only so popular because of his dad, I'll give you that that was maybe early on in life. But he has went on to prove himself on the racetrack. He may have gotten the opportunity because his name was who it was. But unless you're Danica Patrick, Danica Patrick's the only person to get in a race car and have a, a very lengthy career and then get into broadcasting and never win a race except for one race in Daytona. Do not get me started on that. So what I'm saying is he would not have been able to make the kind of legacy for himself if he had not went out there and did what it took to win races. So be good to see him back in the race. So certainly um, listen to an interview with him uh, on the radio this week and very emotional interview as, as it would be, but you know, he basically thanked everyone for the thoughts and prayers and encouragement and thanked NBC for allowing him to take as much time as he needs. And that's good as it should be. So good to see. Hopefully he'll get back out there on the track. Uh, College football weekend starts this weekend. We're going to do some more college football talk here with Mo. So we're not going to totally abandon the college football talk this weekend. 
Colts and Bears tonight. The Bears will be down at the Bullseye Event Group tailgate party, VIP tailgate party. Going to be a blast. Colts Radio Network pregame down there. Going to be fun. I'm going to go over to the game. Colts season. It's not over, guys. I know I'm a Colts fan. You might be a Titans fan. You might be a Jaguar fan. You might be a Patriots fan. If you are, please never come back to this show again. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, you just gotta you gotta love to hate the New England Patriots, right? But there again, you got a you got a quarterback that you can't dispute the results. You might want to hate on LeBron James, for example, but you can't dispute the results. So NFL's here. Final preseason this weekend, this week. And in two weeks, we're at it. We open up, when I say we, I mean the, the, the Colts open up out in San Diego. Will Andrew Luck play or won't he play? If he doesn't play, does that mean the world's over for the Indianapolis Colts? I don't know if he'll play or not. I'm very optimistic to believe that he will. So what we will see. But it is not time to push that pancake button yet, guys. I promise. Well, we'll go ahead and take a break here real quick so that we can get back and get into some talk with Mo from the BS Sports Show. My, my name is Sam Marcos, El Presidente. I tell you what, with live radio sometimes, you just got to, as they say, wing it. Keep it going. You got to keep the show going. Things don't always go as planned. That's why you always have things that's called filler talk or fluff. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good fluff? Be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. My name is Sam Marcos, El Presidente, 917-889-8516 is our digits. 90 minutes in the book, 30 minutes left on the clock. Joining us now is Mo from the BS Sports Show. Mo, how are you, sir? Mo, can you hear us? Check, check. (laughs) I see him there. Maybe his mic is on mute. Okay, um, we lost him. So hopefully we'll get him back on here. But we're just batting a thousand with our guests today, aren't we? <laughs> I was going to say nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six. We're trying to effort to get him back on here. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Matthew Embry WSBT uh, for being our only guest that has showed up today. Uh, this is uh, oh no, I'm sorry, Steve Wilson did. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Let's try this again. Mo from the BS Sports Show. How are you, sir? Can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. You have you you must have went on mute or something. I tell you what, one of those days, one of those weeks. So, before we get into college football talk, because it is our college football weekend, we're going to get into the top twenty-five. Rick Riggin wasn't able to join us today, and uh, Tony Donahue couldn't join us either. So it's just you and I talking some college football. But before we do that, this might as well just. Talk about it to death because it's been talked about it to death. Talked about it to death. This week, the decision to arrest Jacoby Percet, setting off alarms everywhere. Oh my God! Oh my God! Lex out! Oh my God! I'm gonna I'm a season ticket holder. I've sold all my tickets. 
If this is a telltale sign that's happening, it's all over again. This is deja vu. People relax. But what are your thoughts? Luck. Week one, Jacoby Brissett Sutton today, tonight against the Bears. Oh, here's newsflash. All the main players are resting in this pretend football weekend. Go ahead, Mo. Well, I mean, you know, normally this is the week where you see the starters play at least the first half. But, you know, normally I would tell Colts fans to relax. But, you know, after the Colts decided a few years ago to lie to everybody about Andrew Luck's injury and the extent of it, I don't blame people for being pissed because – the Colts put themselves in this position. Them, uh, you know, lying to folks and and uh, and, and not telling the truth to people. I, I think that they they brought this all on themselves now. Well, yeah, and I did mention this earlier on in the show. Uh, I did say that you know if luck does not start in week one, this is a PR nightmare. But that doesn't mean that it's that he's done and he's over with it. But it does mean that they have a PR nightmare. So I absolutely agree that if he can at all start. But I still blame Luck a little bit for this, too, because Luck's not talked to the media since July 30th. So he's let people lay out there and spin these stories. So, yeah, from that aspect of it, I absolutely do get it. Let's get into some college football talk. Obviously, tonight's the night, the big night. College football kicks off. The Miami Hurricanes uh, go into the swamp against the Florida Gators. This should be a really good game, a game everybody's watching probably because it's the only game on. But go right ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people are excited, and they, they believe that Miami's back. You know, they believe that the Hurricanes have added enough people, including Kate Martell, the former Ohio State uh, backup quarterback, and uh, five-star recruit out of uh, Las Vegas in high school, and they believe that the Hurricanes are back. You know, the Gators are a team that's, that's there every year, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Miami Hurricanes team is all about this year. What are your thoughts about um, uh, uh, Notre Dame this year? You know, it, it's it's hard to assess the Irish this year for me a little bit because, you know, I, I think it hurt their offensive line a couple of years ago uh, when their uh, offensive line coach took off for the Bears. Uh, you know, I, I think that they've lost some uh, key pieces of the defense last year to graduation into the NFL. Uh, so, you know, Brian Kelly, I think, has to take another step forward this year. I don't think – you know, an average season for Notre Dame will suffice this year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this team responds, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see how hot that seat gets for Brian Kelly this year. And it's going to get real hot, absolutely. Let's, let's kind of just kind of go through the Big Ten here, and we'll just kind of get, touch on as many teams as we can, and then we'll wrap it up with the top 25. But uh, let's start with the, the teams right here in our in our own backyard, and let's uh, go up to uh, – we'll start up in, in – uh, Purdue, uh, Purdue, good squad. Had a good time watching them last year, even though I'm an IU guy. What are your thoughts about the Boilermakers? Well, you know, uh, I, uh, the Boilermakers pulled off that uh, huge upset of Ohio State last year. Uh, they were a fun team to watch. Everybody uh, uh, was, uh, I think, intrigued because of Tyler Trent as well and his connection to that Purdue football team. Uh, they still got some amazing weapons, but, you know, David Blau, their, uh, their captain and quarterback last year is now gone. So, uh, Purdue moves on with a new signal caller, but you know I think they still have some amazing weapons on, on both sides of the ball, but especially in offense at the wide receiver position. So I, I think Purdue is a team that that can compete, given uh, that their quarterback is able to uh, step in and replace the leadership and the accuracy of David Blau. 
IU opens up the season at Lucas Oriole against Ball State. Ball State's always fun to watch. Ball State almost beat Notre Dame last year at at Notre Dame. Fun game to watch. Always fun to watch uh, Ball State. But IU, I, I see that they're coming along, they're coming along, coming along. Uh, but then they kind of do what IU does, and that's just stick with status quo and and we're going to do what we do because we're a basketball school. But uh, thoughts on IU opening up against Ball State, IU 2019-2020? Well, here's the thing with IU. If you're a better, you love the Hoosiers because they seem to always cover, especially against the big-time schools when they're big underdogs. So, uh, you know, you love the Hoosiers in that aspect. But they're a team uh, that competes with everybody but seems to not be able to finish off games, and I think that's what uh, where IU fans uh, start to get frustrated because – IU hangs for three quarters, and all of a sudden things start to fall apart. So uh, that's frustrating if you're a Hoosier fan. It, it, you know, it seems to be a 6-6, a 7-6 six and six, seven and six type season where they're going to make a ball game, but uh, it's going to be a lot of points for this IU Hoosier football team. Michigan uh, State's uh, Spartans. Well, I mean, you know, Michigan State's a team that's competitive every single year. Uh, it's a team also that always seems to be embroiled in some type of off-the-field controversy every year. Yeah, I look for Michigan State to, at the end of the day, win big games when it needs to be. You know, they always seem to be a, a spoiler to either Michigan or Ohio State every year. So I don't know that they're at the top of the of the Big Ten, but I think they're a team that definitely is a third or fourth place type team that's going to hurt the chances of some of those top teams getting into the uh, college playoffs. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. We never get tired of talking about him, do we? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting this year because if Jim Harbaugh does get that win against Ohio State, you know, he couldn't beat he couldn't beat Urban Meyer and he beat he beat Ryan Day. So, and if he loses, now he loses to Ohio State without Urban Meyer and loses to Ryan Day. So, uh, you know, this is one of those years too, just like we talked about with Ryan Kelly. I, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh will be fired, but I think you know pressure will be put upon him if he doesn't. Uh, if he doesn't make it happen this year, to, to move on. You mentioned Ohio State, so we'll go there. The Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, you know, it's a team that I have to cover for for my job, but, uh, you know, they're a team uh, that's in transition because, you know, uh, Urban Meyer's out, but still at school, still on the school grounds. Ryan Day's there. Uh, we've got a new quarterback uh, this year. You know, you got the a transfer from Georgia who was, you know, uh, supposedly mistreated there, uh, and he's going to take over the reins uh, of this football team. So it'll be interesting to see where this team's at. You know, Ryan Day is going to be expected to go in there and beat Michigan because that's what's been done for so long with, under the Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is undefeated against Michigan. So, uh, you know, the seat could get a little warm there uh, in Columbus if things don't uh, turn around and if Justin Fields turns out not to be the guy at quarterback. Joining us now is Tony Donahue of the Tony T Podcast. Tony, I am so sorry. I was publicly chastising you uh, for not calling in, and I gave you the wrong number. So uh, shame me. Shame me. It's my fault. I should know what number to have my guest call. Uh, Tony, welcome <laughs> to the ballots. How are you, sir? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Since you were chastising me, I scrolled up to make sure that the number that you gave me was the same one you gave me last time. And the last time you did the same thing. <laughs> so, I'm losing it. Happens. 
Save it in your phone. Save it in your phone. You're, Mo's joining us from the BS Sports Show. We're just kind of going around the horn talking some college football. Uh, we're, we were just talking a little bit about Ohio State uh, and, and the Big Ten. Let's get your thoughts on, on the Big Ten uh, this, this year as we go into the 2019-2020 season, uh, Tony. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, Michigan, obviously, is where you start. I think Michigan State's a good team this year as well. And I think a team that's going to make uh, a lot of improvement this year is Nebraska. They start out ranked 24th. Um, they're going to be favorited in probably their first three or four games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think Purdue can be right there at that six to seven win margin. IU is going to be right on the bubble of making a bowl. Um, you're going to get the same old Iowa, the same old, Mich- or the same old Wisconsin. It's going to probably be bowl eligible. I think the Big Ten is really, really good this year. Um, and it seems to me, I don't, I don't know what you guys think, but it seems to me that over the, the entire country, they're not really getting the, the respect that I think that they might be due. Well, you're absolutely, I mean, and Tony, you're absolutely right. We talk about this every year. The only team that really gets any love in the Big Ten is the Ohio State Buckeyes, and especially when it comes down to uh, the bowl committee. Mo, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, Ohio State uh, uh, comes in with their new head coach in Ryan Day, but you still have the shadow of Aaron Meyer. Uh, looking around campus and at practices uh, as he's moved on to his new position. Uh, you got Justin Fields, the, the Georgia transfer, who's there now, who's going to uh, to be the starter. And, you know, you, you've got a bunch of new guys at, at skill positions, at wide receiver. So the, I think the, the question is this year that Ohio State lacked so much in the running game last year. Can they, can they figure out how to get that going? Dwayne Haskins was so much of a pure passer that the uh, running game really lacked from things they had done in the past. So, It'll be interesting, I think, for Ohio State to see if they can get that running game back on track this year and go back to what they were the, the three or four years before Dwayne Haskins took over last year. Tony, we talked a little bit about, about this game earlier, uh, but the big game tonight, uh, the Canes and, and uh, Florida. Uh, Canes not, not ranked, but a lot of people think they're on the, on the way to a comeback. Yeah, and it seems like the last couple of years, Miami's been up and down, up and down. I, I really like Florida this year. They started obviously ranked eighth in the country. Felipe Franks is a guy that took some major strides. It seems like it's been a, a rotation of quarterbacks transferring in, transferring out, not being able to play well for Florida. Uh, but Florida's that surprising SEC team that I understand they're starting eighth, but when it, whenever you think about the SEC, it's obviously Alabama first. But, but Florida's got a really good team. They've got a favorable schedule. They'll get Auburn at home. Yes, they got to go on the road to LSU, but they get Georgia at home as well, um, and they don't have to face Alabama. This is a Florida team that I think – I don't think they're going to win out, but there's a chance they could only lose one game and be right in the contention, barring injury, of course. Um, and, and Miami's right there in the ACC, too. They're a team that, you know, you look at what the ACC brings, and you're going to have decent teams – Wake Forest comes to mind as, as, as one of those teams that people might not think about as good as they are, but but they're going to be. But Miami, another favorable schedule this year. Um, they've got a chance to really make some noise and, and make, make make it to a decent bowl. They'll get Virginia Tech at home. That's a, that's a tough one. they got to go at Florida State, and they get Louisville at home as well. So Miami's got a really favorable schedule to be able to make strides this year and get back to a bowl um, after winning the Camping World Bowl last year. Mo, let's uh, get right into the Alabama conversation because we can't wait to get into the conversation about Alabama uh, again. They they open up, I believe they open up against Duke uh, down in Georgia. Uh, what are your thoughts, Alabama 2019-2020? We got to talk about them. Let's get it over with. Well, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, saving this year, obviously, Tua Tagovailoa is a starting quarterback, but you don't have that 
got faith in that in Jalen Hurts, who transferred to Oklahoma. Obviously, you know, Alabama always gets most of the recruits that they want. But, uh, you know, when you're to attack the Bialova, it's kind of the tank for two in the NFL. So, uh, you know, what kind of pressure does he feel to perform this year as uh, he looks to be the number one pick? And, you know, and a lot of times with this quarterback that we, we have a lot of times uh, uh, looking forward to being the number one pick, sometimes those guys tend to fall off a little bit. We've seen in the past with a couple of the USC guys. So uh, it'll be an interesting year for Alabama. I think they're going to be tough, like always. It, it probably, I mean, if I had to put my money on two teams, I'd probably put it on Alabama and Clemson to come down to those. To those two. I'm going to be interested in it. Tony, uh, what about number one, Clemson versus Georgia Tech? Yeah, I mean, the, the ACC and we is right. the ACC is a, is a good conference, and, and I like Clemson. I think you're going to have the number one player in the country. You're going to have um, a schedule that really bodes well for you. Um, you start with Georgia Tech next week. Then you got a couple of tough matchups. It always seems like Texas A&M's right there, um, and, and that's a tough start. Then you got to go on the road to number 22 Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, as we know, is not a not the greatest place to play if you're a road team. Um, but other than that, it should be a roll through the season. I think Clemson is going to have a great year. Trevor Lawrence is a stud. We'll see if Justin Ross can step up. Um, we saw a little Amari Rogers has done. This is the football team that I think is going to continue to just roll through the schedule, but we'll see. That's a, that's a tough schedule to start with Georgia Tech, who was down last year, but that that rushing attack can really get to you. And then you get Texas A&M coming to town. They're going to go at Syracuse. So two of your first three games are against the top 25 opponents. We lost Mo somehow in the in the world of technology, so hopefully uh, he he will call us back. Let's go, let's go to number three, Georgia, Georgia Vanderbilt. This is gonna be a fun SEC matchup to watch, uh, no matter what the outcome is. But you got to worry about uh, the the Bulldogs this year, and you know, a lot of things will come to uh, fruition when uh, they play Notre Dame as well. But Georgia taking on uh, Vanderbilt going to be a fun SEC matchup to watch. Well, like you mentioned, that Notre Dame game against Georgia has to be scheduled uh, coming up on the 21st, uh, two top 10 teams. Uh, I like Georgia. They were great last year, as we know. I think the last two times they played Alabama, they've had a lead in that game for all but like two minutes and 17 seconds, and they're 0-2 against Alabama. Can they finally get over that hump? Can they finally push forward? Uh, it's a favorable schedule outside of that Notre Dame game. Um, you got to go at the Swamp to Florida. That'll be a tough one in November. you got to go at Auburn, but they get Texas A&M at home. Georgia's a team that I think can take that next step and be able to knock off Alabama in the SEC and find themselves in that, in that, uh, that Final Four. So as we keep on moving down the top 25, uh, and certainly a lot of teams are just kind of what we would want to call practice uh, games for these. Uh, Ohio State and, and uh, Florida Atlantic would be one of them. LSU uh, versus Georgia, Georgia Southern. Uh, but uh, certainly let's uh, take a look at the Tigers, the uh, number six LSU. Yeah, I, I like to call this the uh, we're going to make some money portion of the schedule for <laughs> the likes of Absolutely. Georgia Southern and the Tennessee Martins of the world because, you know, as you know, these big schools, they want a couple extra wins on their on their schedule. So if you're LSU, you just call up the Georgia Southern and say, hey, why don't you drive down? We'll write you a pretty hefty check. I think it was, and don't quote me on this, but it was three or four years ago, Indiana State, the Sycamores, Division Two here in Indiana and Terre Haute, got paid $900,000 to go to mm-hmm. Auburn. 
and that that allowed those kids to get new jerseys. Um, I like LSU. Um, it'll be a tough one next week when they play Texas. All eyes are going to be on that game. Uh, they get Florida at home. They get Auburn at home. You got to go at number two Alabama. I would not be surprised if LSU wrapped up the season with only one one loss. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and there's certainly one to to keep keep your eyes on. And we talked a little bit with Mo before you joined us, but and that is uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan uh, uh, Wolverines. I, again, they play Middle Tennessee. Not overly concerned about a win or a loss with them, but at the same time, uh, Jim Harbaugh had better be concerned whether or not his ass is going to be on the hot seat this year. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's got to be on every resume you sign, or every every you know every time you you sign on as a Michigan head coach, it's got to be circled. You need to beat Ohio State. That is the bottom line. You get that game this year on your home turf. There's no excuses. You have to go out and get that done. It's another tough schedule. You start. You go next week to number 19 Wisconsin. Two weeks from now, you play number 20 Iowa. You got to go at Penn State. Notre Dame comes to town. Uh, Michigan State's always a tough out. They're ranked in the top 20. Um, but then you get that big one on the 30th of November against Ohio State. If you're Jim Harbaugh, you got to take care of business because you've got, you know, three of your four uh, games against ranked opponents are at home, and you have to take care of business against Ohio State if you want to keep your job. The, the the Capital One Bowls, the Citrus Bowls, that doesn't do it for Michigan football. They'll, they'll let you get a bye with that for one or two years if you don't beat Ohio State. But the bottom line, Michigan football expects, no matter who you are, to beat Ohio State and to get to the major bowls. Joining us now is our official college football contributor, Rick Riggin. Rick, I know you got called into work. Thank you for taking some time to call in the last minute and joining us. Uh, also, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Mo texted me, said he's, out, he's driving and he's out of public signal. But real quickly, uh, Rick, uh, welcome back, college football. Uh, let's uh, get your thoughts on the top 25. We were just talking a little bit about uh, how important it is for Michigan to have it in, and to be in the major bowl and that uh, – Jim Harbaugh uh, could very much be in the hot seat, but what are, what are your thoughts as we start the 2019-2020 college football season, Rick? Well, much to my despise of, of Michigan, I will say that it is great for college football if Michigan is one of the elite teams. Uh, I hope my uh, work truck here uh, isn't too loud for everybody because, uh, you know, I have a day job, and sometimes that spills into the weekend. But uh, <laughs> I, I will say it's great for yeah. It's great for college football for, for Michigan to be one of the elite teams because they are one of the blue bloods uh, of college football. And, and, and as far as the top 25 goes, I think we're going to see more of the same. I know we talked about this last week. It's going to be Clemson and Alabama. I mean, it's the, every other team that, that you go down the list on has some sort of question mark, a new head coach, new quarterback, uh, something along there. You know, they lost a lot of their top players from a year ago to the NFL or, or whatever. Uh Clemson and Alabama just aren't like that. I don't know if they lost some great talent, but they bring back both their outstanding quarterbacks. And, of course, they had their longtime head coaches, which are probably the two best head coaches in college football. And, Rick, we appreciate you taking some time to, to join us. And, and, and you don't have to lie to us. We know you're out there on the Ohio River on your pontoon boat getting ready to jump on your jet ski. So, <laughs> that's okay. We, we get it. We understand. Tony, Tony, what are, what are your thoughts overall? I mean, uh, as we wrap, uh, wrap up the college football uh, segment this week, but, you know, we still got Texas to talk about. And we still got a few of the other uh, top ten teams to talk about. But when we look into the top ten, and certainly let, let's not forget about Penn State and Northwestern, even though they're not in the top ten, they're certainly in the top 25. Uh, give us a, a 
365-degree look at the top 25, right, Tony? Yeah, you've got – well, first of all, it's crazy that college football is already here and you get started with a couple games today. Um, Michigan, uh, as we mentioned, you got to beat Ohio State, as we know. And, and as was mentioned, it's, it's great for college football of teams like Florida, LSU, Michigan, Texas. They're back in the hunt. We'll see what Oregon can do. They're going to have that big matchup against Auburn to start the season. Um, Oregon's a fast, up-paced team. Same with Washington. Remember Washington last year uh, was a really good team. They had a great defense. They had a couple top you know, two-round players. Can they sustain what they had last year? And then can the Pac-12 prove on, a, on an even playing field in a bowl game that they can compete? They deserve to be in that conversation, you know. They, they were talking about going to noon games on the East Coast or whatever so that people can see them. But the bottom line is is that when Pac-12 teams normally get to a big bowl, whether it's the Rose Bowl or get to play you know, in the college football um, playoff, they don't perform. So we'll see if the Pac-12 can step up. Um, Washington State's always a good team uh, out west. I really like Oklahoma. There's a lot of questions there. Can Hurst step up and, and take over for Kyler Murray? But remember, a year ago we were saying, well, Kyler Murray will never be able to put up the numbers that Baker Mayfield did, and then he did. So that system, I think, fits well for, for Hurst, and I think Oklahoma's going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. Oklahoma's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with, and we talk about Oklahoma year after year after year, and we'll see what, see what happens. But it just seems like unless you're in the SEC, Rick, uh, for the most part, you're, you're not getting any love, especially if you're out there on the West Coast that, where a lot of people aren't getting to see your games. You're not getting a lot of love when it comes to, to the big bulls. Uh, uh, Rick, we'll, we'll kind of give you the final word here, uh, but what are your thoughts on, on the top 25 as we roll into 2019-2020? Well, I'm glad Tony brought up the Pac-12, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of the experts, and I, I would call myself as an expert, but I don't have this team as a star force. But a lot of the experts do have Utah as a dark horse and potentially a playoff team. I think Utah is going to win the win the Pac-12, be the best team in the Pac-12 this year. Watch out for Washington State. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a good year for Stanford, uh, but he's right. These Pac-12 teams get late this season and get in the bowl games, and they, just, they underperform. They just do not perform. I think Oregon is going to take another step up with uh, Mario Cristobal and uh, Justin Herbert there at quarterback. Uh, but I do think this year for Utah in the Pac-12. Rick, uh, we'll let you get back to work there, but uh, where can people find your work and your masterpieces? And I know you'll be joining us uh, throughout the 2019-2020 season uh, for college football. Uh, yes, sir, man. Always fun to be on the show. And uh, I could be a talking head for college football, which is the greatest of all sports. And you can find me on Twitter at Reagan underscore Rick. All right, Rick. You have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you soon. Yeah, thank you. See you guys. Tony, one more final thought uh, from, from you as, as we look at this top five, and I really look at Georgia, and I really look at Alabama, and I look at Clemson, and we look at the fact of what, what we talked about, the bowl love, of, if you will. I mean, if you're not in those top five, it is so hard for you to even get looked at by the bowl committee. Do they have it figured out with the playoff system and the way that they've got it now, or or do we still need some improvements in the way that we select bowl games and championship games, particularly playoffs? I think a lot of people would like to see maybe six teams and then having, you know, the top two have some sort of a bye week um, or eight teams. And, and you knew when this went to the playoff a few years ago, we, you, you were half four. People were always going to have a better suggestion or a complaint. Um, as far as the ranking goes right now, Clemson and Alabama are probably going to stay up towards the top. Um, 
We know that because it seems like when these two teams, if they do suffer a loss, Tom, they don't fall as far down the standings as what maybe a Michigan will or an LSU if they suffer a loss. You know, when Alabama loses and they're ranked in the top two, they only fall to third or fourth or fifth, and two weeks later they're back up into the top two. Um, but it seems like when, when teams like Michigan or Florida or LSU or even Notre Dame sometimes fall, they go from three, four, fifth in the country down to 14th or 15th, and that almost buries them and eliminates them from the college football playoff. That's why, you know, we, we get to the end of the year and we've seen teams like UCF and we've seen we've seen smaller conference non-power six schools uh, really, I think, should have a chance to win the national championship. We saw, what, UCF two years ago. Boise seems to always be in the running sometimes. Um, for that opportunity, um, but again, when when schools like the the Pac-12 don't perform, they're less likely to give a Boise State or a UCF a chance to compete for the national championship. Um, I think right now four is good, but I think in the future we're going to see it move to six with a uh, first round bye for the top two uh, teams in the country. Tony Donahue, the Tony Dot D podcast joins us. It's my fault that he wasn't on earlier because. I don't know what number to have people call, and I don't know why I did that. So my apologies to you. But, hey, uh, real quickly, I mean, we, we talked about this on social media. They, they found bonkers. It just – alarms started going off everywhere yesterday when the tweet came out that said, Colts arrest Jacoby Brissett in last preseason game. Oh, my God, that means it's all over again. Oh, my God, uh, luck is gone. Uh, chicken little, the, the, the sky is falling. Relax, people. It's going to be okay. And you know what? Even I'm optimistic. I think we're going to see luck in in week one. But even if not, it's not the end of the world. I don't think it's time to start the doomsday parade for the Colts and Andrew Luck. Do you? Um, no, I think it is. My my concern meter has gone from about a two out of ten all the way up to about a nine. Um, I look at it like this. They ran him out last week to do some uh, to do some workouts pregame um, in order to kind of maybe shut up some of the media, shut up some of the uh, so, some of the critics. And I hate to say it, Tom, but this team has lost the benefit of the doubt when it, for me at least, sure. and for a lot of the fan base. You remember a couple of years ago they were they kept pushing it and pushing it. Oh, we don't know, we don't know. We we think we expect him to play. The expectations to play well. All of a sudden, when that was going on, kind of is right now, what are you seeing? More and more advertisements to buy Colts season tickets. You see billboards to buy Colts season tickets. And you would hate to say that they would they would make that same mistake twice, but that's exactly what happened two years ago. They absolutely kept forcing the issue that Andrew Luck was going to play to try to sell tickets. Now, you you don't know what's going to happen with Luck. It, the, this has been a an ongoing conversation and an ongoing lingering injury for how long now? And you ask yourself, how the hell is he not, you know, healed? And with Jacoby sitting later today against the Bears, um, my expectation is that the Bears aren't going to start a lot of their players either. The preseason's too long. This is kind of a way for both teams to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to kind of stick it to the league a little bit. And it, and it stings for season ticket holders because you have to pay full price for these, for these mm-hmm. preseason games. Exactly. The retail value is 90% less. Um, the bottom line is, though, is that I think Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter first game of the year. Um, you sit him out right now because there's no, and you sit him out next week because you know what you have, and you don't want to, you don't want anybody to get any more game tape on him, and you don't want to risk injuring him because then you're really behind the eight ball. They've been confident in Jacoby Brissett as the backup. They were offered trade and and pretty good trade value for him, and they did not accept over the past, I'd say, year, year and a half. Um, so they're going to have to move on 
if Andrew Luck is not ready to go with the guy in Jacoby Brissett that they traded for and they've been so highly on. He proved it last week in the game on Saturday that he can perform, but we've also seen him play pretty up-and-down football. So he's going to have to show some consistency if the Colts want to get by, so to speak, until Andrew Luck gets back. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun game. I'll be down there. They're going to hang out at the Bullseye event group a little bit uh, uh, before the game. That's a, always a fun fun time, and uh, your, your friend John will be down there. At least I think you guys are still yep. friends. <laughs> yeah, no, John and I are all good. Yeah, I know you are. So, uh, but uh, hopefully we'll see you down there throughout the season. But also uh, looking forward to you uh, playing fantasy football for the first year. And it looks like you've got a pretty good uh, good team put together there. So, but looking forward to having you on the uh, Balance uh, Fantasy Football League as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. I, I, I think the, the more and more fantasy football I play year in after year out, I, I learn and know less and less of the players. Um, <laughs> but I do like my squad this year. I like Mitch Trubisky. To uh, to lead me to the promised land, and as long as uh, uh, you know Hopkins and, and and Allen can continue what they did last year, I think I'll be okay. Absolutely, Tony Donahue, Tony D Podcast. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yeah, Tony D Indy on Twitter. Uh, the Tony D Podcast available on Spotify and iTunes and the Anchor app. And uh, don't forget to watch that IndyCar race tonight, starting around nine o'clock Eastern on NBC Sports Network. Sure to be much more exciting than the Colts and Bears game tonight. So <laughs> there is that's that's why I'm going to leave that Colts and Bears game today at about halftime. There you go. Are you going down to to the uh, tailgate, the bullseye? Uh, not it's today. Be... Not today. Okay, but I will be down there eventually. All right. Well, I'll definitely buy you a beer when I get down there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can afford oh, to yeah, buy you a beer go. at the bullseye, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Tony. Have yourself a good weekend. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Tony Donahue, Tony uh, D Podcast. Love having him on. Very knowledgeable about sports across the board and uh, certainly been a part of the Indianapolis media for a long time here. So good to have him on the balance team as well. Ran on overtime a little bit today, but that's okay. It all it all's good. So uh, we are going to get going because it's, it's game day. We're going to head down to the uh, tailgate party here in a couple hours. Have fun. We know what's going to happen at the end. It's all right. So let's just go have fun. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Remember, don't don't drink and drive it and cool. Follow us on on Twitter, T Balance. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. I'm out of here. Deuces.
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.